1: Welcome to Monday Morning Preacher, a podcast dedicated to helping you grow in the beautiful craft of preaching. I'm Matt Woodley, editor of preachingtoday.com and missions pastor at Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois. I'm also here with our much beloved guest host, Kevin Miller. Whoa, I went I went from default to much
0: beloved. Was that because I disagreed with you on one episode, and now you're trying to, like, soften me up?
1: No, it's only because our ratings went up. So, uh, you know, that's why we love you more. Okay. So uh, it's all works righteousness. Okay? I, I feel that. Monday Morning Preacher is a production of Christianity Today, which actually produces two other great podcasts. First, we have a podcast called The Calling, an interview show about the nature of church leadership. Its joys, its struggles, and how God has uniquely wired people to work within His church. Each episode, we feature one Christian leader, one calling, one honest conversation. And then search Christianity Today and check out our other podcast called Quick to Listen. So, Kevin, this week I was talking to a friend of my son, John Michael, my 27-year-old son, and he's got a friend who's a young baseball prospect named Tomas. Okay. Well, Tomas was drafted by the Tampa Bay Rays as a pitcher. So I was chatting with him about pitching the other day. And he told me there are basically four main pitches in baseball. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you did. The fastball, the breaking ball, the change-up or off-speed, and the knuckleball. And those pitches break down into a bunch more pitches, like the sinking fastball or the Vulcan changeup, et etc. Or the two-seam fastball, the four-seam. Et cetera. <laughs> okay, you're... so I, I
0: still have some faint hope that this is going to relate to preaching. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there.
1: Okay. Hold on in this sprawling introduction, Okay. Tomás said that some pitchers have a real problem because they only know how to throw one of those pitches. So you might have an amazing sinking fastball, Tomás said, but eventually hitters catch up to you. So I asked him, you mean pitchers get into a preaching rut? And you said a preaching rut? Oh. <laughs> a pitching rut. A pitching rut. <laughs> now I see where this is going. Okay, we got this. You see where this is going. Yeah. Preaching ruts. Okay. Like a pitching rut. Okay. So, here's what we're going to talk about today. Preachers don't get in what I'd call a one pitch preaching rut. You know, you start sounding exactly the same sermon after sermon. You have the same comfortable sermon outline, the same application, the same tone, the same theological themes. It's like a pitcher who can only throw a fastball. Everyone knows what's coming.
0: Okay, so let's say, though, that a preacher is very good at that usual pitch. Yes. People
1: like that pitch. What's wrong with a, a preaching right? Well, in one way, nothing, because, you know, we do have our tendencies and our strengths, and we want to operate on that. But on the other hand, there's two things that can be problematic about that. Number one... It gets a little boring for your people that every single sermon is exactly the same format. And secondly, and more importantly, though, there's a theological, spiritual thing here. And that is that as preachers, we can fail to preach what the Apostle Paul called the whole counsel of God. And So we narrow our preaching to just comfortable themes or themes that we're comfortable with. And in some ways, our hearers can remain spiritually stuck and stagnant. And that's a bad thing. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, you've convinced me there. You know, as you were talking about the whole council of God, I, th- I think one area I've struggled with uh, that way is that for some time I've been a little frustrated by sermons that were just sort of lofty and theological and not practical in their application, and so I've worked super hard to get practical in my applications, but I realize there's certain scriptures that don't lend themselves well to that. There's doxologies, there's psalms, there's, there's texts of scripture that should leave you in awe or wonder or uh, just a connectedness to God that doesn't really require any sort of... Specific, do this this week kind of application, and so
1: I need to get out of that rut if I'm going to preach the whole counsel of God. Yeah, it's almost like we have this kind of comfortable template that we put on every single biblical text, and yeah. it's it's not right or fair or good way to preach the text. So, um, you know, my preaching rut has has kind of looked like this as I look over my past sermons: is that I have a clever intro, I introduce the big idea. Which is good. And then I would say three things about the big idea. And then secondly, in terms of the tone, I always tend to be sort of the, the grace-filled, comforting. You are. You're everybody's, <sighs> like, friend and, ad- and advocate. But sometimes that's not good. Sometimes people need to be challenged. Sometimes people need to be convicted of sin. Sometimes people need to confront their idols, okay. etc. So no more Mr. Nice Matt. Nope, I'm over that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no more Minnesota Nice. <laughs> no, seriously though, you can operate in your strength, yeah. but you just need to diversify. Get okay. out of your rut. Okay. So how do we get out of our ruts? So what? What's our uh, game plan for that? First thing, know thy ruts. It sounds like Socrates. <laughs> Exactly. So go back over your sermons, get some feedback from people and ask yourself the questions. What are your tendencies and have they become ruts? Is the structure always the same? Is the tone always the same? Is the application always given in the same way? Do I preach one biblical genre all the time? Am I always in the epistles? Am I always in the gospels, etc.? Look at your ruts. Yeah. You know, one thing I think that can
0: help us get out of our ruts is to experiment with some different uh, formats in our sermons. And uh, let me give you an example. Uh, this this Holy Week, I was preaching five times during the week, and um, I didn't want all five sermons to have the same structure. Um, and I kind of used the hook book Talk structure, classic. And I just didn't want to do that five times. So one sermon, I actually brought out a whiteboard and I sketched on the whiteboard. It was kind of like a chalk talk sermon, as it were. And I did it on Philippians 2. I sort of drew the uh, the descent of Christ and his humiliation, his emptying, and then his exaltation to the name above every name and uh, contrasted that with the view that we have. And that was it was a fun change of pace. It, it invigorated me and, I, and our people really liked it too. Yeah, I bet they did. So very different. You, I suppose, if you did that every Sunday, it would yeah, be kind I, of gimmicky. I'm not going to do that again for months or years, you know. But for to to give a, a freshness to uh,
1: amidst five sermons, I think it worked. Makes sense. And the second thing is, start asking different questions about your text during sermon prep. So what do you mean by that? Well, during sermon prep, we all tend to have sort of a grid of questions we ask, whether we're conscious of it or not. No, I do. Yeah, I tend to ask questions like, where's the grace and encouragement in this text? Uh, Where is God's good news for broken people? And they're great questions, and I'll keep asking those. But I'm also starting to broaden out my questions to ask, like, Where does this text confront our sinful tendencies? What are the idols that we're being asked to identify and relinquish? And that's stretching me. But I think it's good for me, and I think it's good for our people.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, since reading Tim Keller's book on preaching, he talks about preaching to the culture. And so I've started adding a question to my preaching prep, which is, what is the cultural assumption that needs to be altered to make room for God's truth? And that has allowed me to just really probe down into
1: the heart of where people are, And I think it's helping my preaching. That's great. So it might be helpful to just ask yourself and write out, what are the basic questions I ask about the text and which questions should I ask? Um, The third thing is, when you got that down, as we've sort of been implying here, try some new approaches, try some new things. So back to my friend Tomas, the baseball pitcher. Uh, He told me that neurologically, it takes pitchers thousands of reps to learn a new pitch. But the only way to do it is to go out there in a real game and try the pitch. And baseball players, pitchers call that facing the monster. The monster is just the nervousness, the butterflies, the feeling that you might fail, but you got to face it and you got to throw the pitch. And so, uh, obviously, we can see the application to preaching here. Kevin, can you think of a time when you had to push through the monster in your preaching?
0: Well, I tried a first-person sermon recently. I had to push through the monster. Uh, I was Simon of Cyrene. And to get up there with no notes and to tell the story of of Simon, uh, first person, was scary for me. I was kind of freaked out. And uh, uh, it took me out of my zone And uh, But, you know, I think it worked. You know, another one that's more just an example of a traditional sermon approach, I was preaching in a sermon series on prayer, and I decided I was going to do a sermon just with lots of practical ideas of how to pray. And because I wasn't doing sort of an in-depth textual study of one passage of Scripture, which is my usual, I, I felt insecure. I, I had to ask, like, three friends, is this okay? Do you think this will be all right? And and they were like, yeah, people need pastoral help. Just yeah. go for it. But honestly,
1: I felt out of my normal, and I was I was anxious. That's good examples. So Easter Sunday, normally I try to ask questions like, what are non-Christians thinking? And I try to be real evangelistic in my approach, but I pushed it even Umpteen more degrees in that direction. Um, so, like I even said, there are little numbers in your Bible. Those are called verses. People put those in there so to mark kind of like where to find things because the Bible's a big book. And and then when Peter and John were running to the tomb, uh, we actually played music from Chariots of Fire, and I pretended I was running to the tomb, and uh, <laughs> people. It was hilarious. <laughs> I gotta say. And you know what? Um, we had a Muslim guy that showed up who said, I never knew that there were actually eyewitnesses to the resurrection. That's very intriguing to me. And I also had some believers come up to me and say, hey, I know what you were trying to do, and I loved it. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for pushing it even more in that direction. So, uh, you know, sometimes we just got to face the monster.
0: All right. So, uh, any last ideas
1: on on getting out of uh, preaching, right? Well, you know, I think you can learn a lot from other preachers. I think that's really important. That's one of the reasons why PreachingToday.com exists. We want to give voice to a wide variety of biblical based preachers so we can learn from them um, and I've learned a ton recently from my African- American preaching friends um, they've taught me a lot and they've really challenged me and stretched me in a lot of ways somebody has said and I you've probably heard this as well if you listen to only to one preacher you become a clone if you listen to two you become confused but if you listen to 30 40 50 different preachers you're on the edge of being freed up to become a wise preacher. Yourself, um, So preachers, get out of your ruts. Know what they are, but become a multi-pitch preacher. Say that five times, fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It takes time. It takes hard work. You're going to have to face the monster of trying something new. But in the end, it's worth it. And not only will your preaching become more diverse and richer, but also your people will be uh, edified by the whole counsel of God. So this is Matt Woodley on Monday Morning Preacher. Thanks for joining us on this episode and hope you can join us on our next episode. This episode of Monday Morning Preacher is brought to you by PreachingToday.com. PreachingToday.com comes alongside you as you prepare your sermons. We offer 13,000 high-quality illustrations to help you drive your point home. Go to PreachingToday.com and sign up for a 30-day free trial.